Smarties, we often say that one of the beautiful byproducts of educational therapy is the overall improvement of home life for learners and their families. As a result of the work we do, learners are able to lead more productive, independent, and responsible lives and mitigate the trauma of academic emergencies in their daily life. So what is an academic emergency? This is the, oh my goodness, it's 10 p.m. Sunday night, and I have a huge project due tomorrow moment (laughs) that used to occur at so many of the homes of our learners. We know you understand this moment of panic. It's rough. We always say to our clients and their parents that there is no such thing as an academic emergency. This is one of the many things we work on with our clients at our practices. If you are interested in learning more about CAP Educational Therapy Group in Beverly Hills, California, which is Rachel's practice, or my ed therapist in Redondo Beach, which is my practice, just scroll down to your show notes. You can sign up for a call with us on our websites, and we'd love to connect with you to see if educational therapy might be the right fit for you or your learner. Today, we're going to dig more into academic emergencies and talk about how both parents and learners can shift their thinking and actions around it. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 90 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Rachel Cap, And I'm Stephanie Pitts. Steph, we're going to talk about academic emergencies today, but before we do... We have news. We have a big announcement. Adam and I are the proud puppy parents of a new puppy. (laughs) Yay! Yay! His name is Fritzy. You can go follow him on Instagram. His handle is That's So Fritzy. And we spell Fritzy with a Y. There's been some confusion about that, Smarties, in our friends and families. Lots of text messages asking how Fritzy with an I is doing. No, I like Y much better. We spell it with a Y. It's much more rounded. He's not a valley girl. so (laughs) (laughs) It's not like an I with the heart over it, you know? He is the sweetest dog. Steph, how long have we wanted to adopt a dog? Years. You were talking about it when I first met you. Yeah, we couldn't wait for this period of time in our lives, and we finally moved into a space where we can control what happens, so dogs weren't allowed in our old apartment. Not that there weren't dogs there visiting us (laughs) a lot, but Mm -hmm. we're so lucky. Guys, adopting a dog in LA is so competitive. It is, but you did it. Yeah. Well, we met him the first day he was available to be met. He was put online and within an hour, there were 20 applications for him, Yeah, including ours. And then we got an email and I remember, Steph, I texted you. I'm like, oh, we actually got a response, but there were 20 people interested in him. We're never going to get him. Yeah. You were like, should we just give up? And I was like, no, if you want to see him go. He was available for appointments between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. And we took his first available spot. (laughs) His foster mom was basically saying she was going to let, his name was Jack at the time, decide who he's going to pick. And both Adam and I walked away. Like, we really connected with his foster mom. 
But we were like, he's not that into us because he was in love with his foster mom. But that love, I'm proud to say, has been transferred to us now. Yeah. Yeah. And so what happened was we met him on a Monday morning. We were supposed to hear back by Wednesday night. And Tuesday afternoon, she sent us an email saying she had discussed it over with Jack. And he would like to come live with us. And, oh, my God, it was like when Adam and I bought a house last year. And when we found out that we were going to get the house, we FaceTimed each other. And I'll never forget that moment of, like, oh, my God, this is happening. We're going to get mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And it was the exact same thing when we found out about Fritzy. So yeah, he joined us. He's perfect. He is super lazy and laid back. And he'll look at you and then just roll over for belly rubs. And he's not the most active dog you've ever met, but we're not the most active people you've ever met. So it's kind of perfect. Include a picture in this week's email. I would love to include a picture in this week's email. I'm writing it out. P.S. Here is Fritzy. His handle on IG. Behind the scenes, guys. (laughs) Or Pierce is taking it out. (laughs) No, Pierce, leave it in. It's fine that people see how the sausage is made. So anyway, that's our big announcement. Yes. So welcome to the family, Fritzy. I can't wait for Andy and Tucker to meet him. I know. I I feel like he's just going to watch them like run. Yeah. Like be all excited. And he would be like, really? Like, why don't we just play? (laughs) Fair. Yeah. All right. right. Back to the episode. So what is an academic emergency? We sort of talked about it in the intro, but it is that panic Mm -hmm. over an assignment that we didn't say this in the intro, but it's always implied, which is they've known about it. Of course they've known about it or a test. It could be a test. It's always something. That's always the first question. When did you find out about this? Right. And if they're new into ed therapy, as we're building their systems, we get that email as well. We're like, yeah, we don't have the systems built out yet to avoid this sort of thing. We always talk ed therapy is not the quick fix, but it's the long-term play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's always, how long have you known? And it's always (laughs) like two weeks. Yeah, It's always plenty of time. (laughs) Yeah. So when your kid is in your house, melting down. Mm Mm-hmm. Over an academic emergency, the thing that we always remind parents is this is awesome because they care. Yeah, it's so true. If they didn't care, they wouldn't come in and disturb you late at night to tell you about this. Yeah. And that's a really good thing because we often talk about the motivation factor with our learners. Mm -hmm. And to know that they're so motivated to please and want to do well. Guys, that's gold. You know, you can look at the couple of reasons why they're saving it to the last second. Yeah, they might have forgotten or they got wrapped up with what was going on over the weekend or all the fun stuff. Or sometimes it's literally because they don't know where to start. They're avoiding it because it's hard. Yeah. And I'll tell parents when they call and stuff, I know you say the same thing to parents. In our practices and in our teams, we start from a fundamental place where kids want to please. Yep. No child is lazy. No child is just trying to avoid doing school and schoolwork because they're trying to piss you off. Mm-hmm. It's because it's hard. It's because it's hard. And so it's our job as the adults and the educational therapists and the teachers and the parents to figure out how do we teach them to make it easier for themselves. Mm-hmm. So Steph, parents are often befuddled by this and 
I will say that you and I can be pretty tough when it comes to this sort of stuff. It's true. So what can parents do? I want to refer back to episode that we just did on MVP, minimum viable product. This is one of those times that that's going to absolutely come into play. So just take that into the scenario where you have that in mind. And I've linked that episode in the show notes. Okay, let's embrace natural consequences here. We really, really don't want you to scoop in and save the day because that's not teaching anything. Okay, say it again. Say it slower. We do not want you as the parent to swoop in and save the day. And what does that look like exactly? This can mean a couple of things. You might think that swooping in is only doing the project for them or alongside them or telling them what to write, but Mm -hmm. they're doing the writing, but you're actually coming up with ideas. Mm -hmm. The other thing that parents do to save the day is email the teacher and ask for an extension. Oh, Lord. And if you're a teacher and this has been a long-established project, sometimes parents need help holding that boundary too. Mm -hmm. They can't help themselves. And I'm not sure we're teaching our kids anything when they've had weeks to do something to allow for that extension. This goes for multiple extensions, by the way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes our clients get multiple extensions on things, and you and I, and I know our teams, will tell the school, you're undermining what we're trying to teach them by teaching them They can just keep pushing it off. Yeah, there's going to be exceptions, right? Mm -hmm. If the kid was really sick, something happened in the family, or you needed them to do something and there wasn't time. Of course. But this is the moment when they made a choice to not do what they were supposed to do when they were supposed to do it, so we don't give them an extension. It's kind of like if you think about your taxes, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You can file an extension, but you have to file the extension in advance. In advance. You can't do it at 1159 on April 15th and say, oops. My bad. I didn't know. I didn't know. (laughs) We talk a lot about late work, which is like the underlying concept that we're really chatting about right now in episode 41, which was called the one thing we wish learners wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. So I'll link that episode as well in our show notes so you can go back and hear what we had to say about that because it's a lot of this conversation. Yeah. So sometimes when a client comes into educational therapy, it's about what the kid is doing at home, but it's also about how the parent is responding to it, which is what we've been chatting about. Yeah. And it's so funny now because I have certain parents that I've given very strict boundaries to. Mm -hmm. And the kid knows. So, like, if it's the day before a paper is due, I'm sorry, you can't read it over. Because now the parent is giving feedback that is panicking the kid because now they feel like they have to rewrite the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Well, if they want the opportunity to have their parent read something, a paper, for example, that needs to happen at least two days before the paper is due. So there's time. Yeah. And so it's so funny now because I'll hear that my client went and asked for her parent to read it over. And I look at her and I go, when did you ask? And she'll like, in this look of shame, (laughs) and we're like laughing about it, but she's like, the night before it was due. And I said, and did your dad do it? And she said, he did. And we both said we weren't going to tell you, but... (laughs) (laughs) 
She goes, I don't want to be dishonest. It happened again. And I said, okay, but what was the experience this time? And she goes, well, I had done so much more going into it that it was actually okay. It tended to be more like semantics of language. And I said, oh, okay. All right. But remember, and the next time I spoke to the parents in our check-in call, the dad also admitted what happened. But he didn't know that I already knew. <laughs> it's like confessional time. <laughs> oh, like, my gosh. You know, that's I'm so not funny. There. I'm not there. You all have to make your own choices. But it's just funny because kids often think, I don't know if this happens with you, Steph. It could just be my personality. But they think I'm going to be upset mm. if they go against the advice. And I look at them, I'm like, y'all, I sleep fine at night. Like, (laughs) this is ultimately, I'm offering you what I think are better solutions and strategies. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's your life. You want to suffer, you suffer. That's entirely your choice. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I kept forgetting to tell you about that whole scenario. That's really funny, actually. I like it. (laughs) I love the admission. Yeah. So the thing to also remember that education is not health or safety. So an academic emergency does not require the type of urgent response that a health or safety response would require. We're not calling 911 on this. Mm -mm. So to go over those again, embrace natural consequences, help facilitate backup plans to make sure things don't fall through the cracks. When things do fall through the cracks, remember MVP, most viable product, and education is not health or safety. So... What can learners put in place? Rach? All right, guys, you've heard us talk about it. It's one of our more popular episodes because I think it's literally the episode we reference the most. They have to keep their calendar. They have to keep it up to date. They have to put the due date on the day that it's due, not the day that it's assigned. Guys, if you haven't listened to episode two in a while, go back. It's there. Go back and listen to episode two. And if you're new here, episode two is our how to calendar episode. And we were so new into podcasting. (laughs) I know that's immediately what I think. Yeah. So forgive us if we sound super formal and a little uptight. We weren't yet comfortable on the mic. Yeah. Guys, we're 90 episodes in. It's different now. It totally is. Oh, the stress of recording those first few episodes. We recorded... I feel like the first five episodes multiple times. We did. And then at a certain point, we're like, it's good. It's MVP. (laughs) It's ready to go. It's ready to go. Yeah. (laughs) So keeping their calendars up to date is essential. We love family meetings about what the week is going to look like moving forward. So everybody can kind of know and be on the same page about what's happening with everybody else. Mm -hmm. So if there's a parent that has a big project at work, letting your kid know, hey, this week's going to be late nights or... I'm going to be distracted or there's something going on. Mm -hmm. We love the idea of that Sunday night meeting and it doesn't have to happen on Sunday nights. Do it when it works best for your family. Yeah. If you're new here, we don't love school portals. They make parents crazy. Teachers don't keep it up to date or they don't all use it in the same way. So you're on this long winding journey to find out information class by class. And we're teaching learned helplessness because kids are like, I don't have to write it down. It'll be there. It'll be there. They're relying on someone other than themselves. Learners can check in with their teachers. If they need support in breaking down the project or have questions about it, they can check in with their teachers in advance. Again, this requires some forward planning. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, chunking. 
which is breaking an assignment down into manageable bite-sized chewable pieces for them to be successful. Sometimes it can just be about getting started. We've done episodes on task initiation, how to get started, and studying and how to prepare. So we'll link those episodes in the show notes. So there's five episodes linked. The MVP episode, how we feel about late work, how to calendar, our episode on task initiation, and our episode on studying. Because all these things together in tandem with one another, work towards mitigating and eventually phasing out academic emergencies. It doesn't happen to the students in our practices once they've been there and their systems are in place. Yeah, it's true. So our final thought about academic emergencies is determining the value in staying up all night or doing the project for your child so they can get an A. What has that taught them? Think about it, you guys. And what do we want to teach them? All right, Smarties, we wish you a week full of no academic emergencies. No emergencies, please. And everybody have a great week. Have a great week.